When I was in high school, Boys to Men was the biggest jam on the lamb. They were pretty big, yes. Not a thing. And they were so big, as many groups do or asked to do, um, they did a Spanish-language version. Oh, I didn't realize that. Of their number one hit. Okay. The End of the Road. Right. I remember that song. If you remember um, That Thing You Do. Yes. Remember when the, when the Oneaters make it big? Uh-huh. They have to, <coughs> excuse me, record a Spanish-language version. Sure. Of their hit. I think they actually, I think that's when Jonathan Jaish walks off the set. Oh, okay. Because he's bad. All right. <coughs> oh my goodness, you all right there? I don't know. You want to go over? Uh, sure. Um, I remember Boys to Men being super popular, and I remember there were a lot of other groups that were similar to them who kind of rode their coattails. Calling me bad. Um, all for one. All for one. Yeah, a couple other groups. And then we've got all the color out of it. It just became Backstreet Boys. Br- in well, sync, yeah, ninety-eight degrees. Right. Exactly. Thanks to Lou Pearlman. May he rest in distress. Uh, the Spanish title of End of the Road is Final de Camino. Wow, that, that sounds... Is Camino Road? Yes. Really? That's, so like... That's a, why the a, car a is Camino called car is, is El Camino. El Camino. And that's what Jesse Pinkman hits when he gets out of that cage. Oh, his rusty cage. Yeah. And he runs. And that's what the Netflix film El, El Camino, Camino will be focusing on. You asked me this, and I don't have a good answer for this. Like, how did Netflix get the rights to this? Um, like, why isn't this on AMC? Um, and, like, you know, seriously, how did Netflix get this? I don't know. <laughs> it's bizarre to me. Um, I don't know why we need it. I don't know why we need it either. But, but we're, we're getting, getting it. it. Um, okay. Well, uh... I, I'm not exactly sure how I feel about the movie, to be perfectly honest. It's good to know that two things, the two things we know about Skinny Pete have not changed. He's skinny. Skinny. And he's Pete. She's a Pete. And he's skinny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's an interesting way to, and this we're talking about a trailer that's available on, on the yeah. internet. Uh, it's an interesting way to sell it. I, I, what else do you do? Just have, you know, the back of guy, some guy's head. And then we find out it's Jesse or something right, like that. Right, with like a voiceover or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's kind of what they did with Westworld. So they're like, let's do something different. Right. <laughs> and also show that I don't know how long Skinny Pete's going to be in it or if Badger's going to be there and the whole crew's going to be there. We don't know if uh, if Walt will work into it somehow. Well, I was wondering about that um, as well. Yeah. But we know that it's written and directed by Vince Gilligan. Okay. Well, I guess it'll be more of the same, more or less, of the show <laughs> that we're used to we've already got a breaking bad we already have a breaking bad and then we have a a spinoff we have better call Saul. who knew that we were getting a blue crystal cinematic universe right or like the a b a c u the albuquerque oh there you go (laughs) cinematic universe yeah uh i was not aware we were getting that but i guess we are so (laughs) do you know when this show this movie is gonna drop i have no idea i'm assuming Uh, sometime oh it's next month already all right that's right it said October. Yeah. Okay. Or October. Uh, whatever. Whatever month it is. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, it's coming pretty soon then. Um, I hope it's good. And uh, What do you want to see from a Jesse Pinkman movie? 
I'm going to see Jesse running around and eluding the cops and um, trying to actually have life. And maybe he runs to Mexico or something like that. And Does like, Jesse work without Walt? I think he can work without Walt, but I think he's going to be a little bit more erratic than <laughs> Walt being there. D- define erratic. Well, I just I think he he's not going to be as grounded. I think he's uh gonna uh you know maybe was grounded well i think walt was grounded he was was he ever grounded yeah i well i was famously going to be killed he was going to die at the end or during the first season oh yeah and the production just they just liked his uh the actor so much uh, and his interpretation of the character, and they like the dynamic between him and Walt. But he was going to be a stepping stone in Walt's journey, and I didn't he ended realize up becoming, that. you know, the other the other hand in the in the show. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I mean, I wonder if we'll see. I mean, how many girlfriends will die uh, in this movie? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a death sentence. Dated yeah. Jesse Pinkman. Yeah. Uh, if his parents will come back. Oh, that's they were a, a big part of it for a while. Yeah, that could absolutely happen. Uh, I wonder if we're going to see a bunch of other minor characters. Like he'll try to like stay at their house or you know lay low in a beach house or don't, something. Don't write it. You don't okay. have to write it. Right. I just want to know what you wanted to see. If you want to see, you want to see him stay in people's houses. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I want to see him beat the law. I mean, uh, we're, he's we're rooting for him, even though he's not a substantially a, a quote unquote good guy. I, yeah, I just it's hard to know how to feel because we didn't need this. We everybody said no, don't do uh, Better Call Saul. Uh, Better Call Saul's been pretty low key, amazing and great. It has, and so now at this point, it's like okay, do some more. But something about him just just peeling off in that car, and we don't know what happens to him. I mean, that's fine. Right. It's not that I don't want him to be happy, but. <laughs> things got real bad you know so yeah, they just did. just being free uh was enough but they're gonna tell us more yeah they are el camino yeah <laughs> the camino continues so we'll have an update i guess for that when it comes out in a yeah. while uh and in the meantime we're the just enough trope podcast i'm your host caliban joined as always by my co-host hi i'm Mikan Hana. d d don't hit your mic d 23 oh yes yes why is it 23 it's on the 23rd I guess that, that would have been really Friday, right? It was on the 23rd. I guess, but I don't understand why it's D23. Does it just sound there's some, good? Uh, uh, there's some reason, and a Disney head would know, and I'm not a Disney head, but uh, I am now kind of de facto a Disney head because they own Marvel pretty much all the properties that we Wars. talk about. Yeah. So we have got a lot of news from this weekend's D23 conference. Mm-hmm. If you don't squeeze it, whatever's left in the bar rag uh, after... Uh, San Diego. Right. Uh, you, exactly. you get the last dregs out uh, for D23. D23. And it turned out to be quite a lot. So we'll be yeah. talking about that on the show today. Uh, also on the show today, uh, I guess we'll front load a little of the uh, news uh, yeah, that we let's got do it. Um, just before D23. This wasn't actually D23 news. You're right. But of course, we got the news, really bad timing, that yes. Sony and Marvel won't be continuing their partnership that allows Spider Man to appear in MCU films. Yes. And we don't know how dry the relative ink is on any of these decisions. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, it's caused a lot of consternation and a lot yeah. of gnashing of teeth and wailing uh, on the Internet. And so we'll be talking about that a little bit and some of the fallout from that decision. Yes. And what's your what's your uh, what's what's your quick take? Um, 
Honestly, as a fan, I'm just kind of pissed off. Yeah. Um, I'm. I honestly, I feel like I'm mad at both parties for different reasons. <laughs> um, because. But enough about politics. I I know. I mean, I I can see both points of view th- that are are going on here. But at the same time, maybe I'm just being selfish. But I want my Spider-Man in my MCU. You know. Don't you love your relentlessly optimistic friends? Like I yeah. exist on a continuum of cynicism that is, you know, leaning to to the right side, but at the same time, you know, I want to be realistic about things. But some right. of, some of my friends are optimistic to the point of unreality, where well, we don't know till we see it, that sort of thing. You know what? I will obvi- I will absolutely be able to judge it fully once it happens, but. Right. The same is true of a car accident. I'd like to stay out of one of those. Yeah. After it's over, it. I can go, oh, boy, that was a really bad car accident. Hand me my arm. But <laughs> I could just stay out of it at the yeah. same time. And since Sony has never been able to make a good Spider-Man movie, no. and at me all you want uh, into, About, the Spider-verse, into the Spider-Verse and the yeah. Raimi films, if you even remember them, it's just I think we can tell what's going to happen here. You know, yeah. open up your Sony hack emails and maybe uh, Spider-Man could have an Instagram account where he does tough mutter and he could get people could win a chance to take a picture of spider-man because he loves edm and he's really cool (laughs) so anyway um we'll be talking about that yes but the reason that i'm bringing up is because uh for our feature this week we haven't read a comic book in a little while Mm -hmm. we decided to pay homage to the life and times of spider-man who sounds like he's dead but (laughs) no he's He's not dead. Not yet. Uh, (laughs) He's back after the blip, but he's going to die again. Uh, By reading uh, what's generally held to be one of the best, if not the best, uh, Spider-Man stories of all time, Mm -hmm. Craven's Last Hunt. Yes. And we will be talking about that at the end of the show. Yes. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Cal, uh, despite the Spider-Man MCU news. Uh, um, I... You know, there's there's a lot of other news out there that I'm 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 cautiously optimistic about. That is not something I'm cautiously optimistic about. I'm cautiously pessimistic. I don't know um, if you well, can even. Your, what was it? Violent. Uh... Oh, I can't even remember now. I was <laughs> like, was yeah, I was like violently. Violently optimistic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, you know, caustically optimistic. Yes. Hold on, I gotta write Ooh, I down. like that. All right, let's do the news. <laughs> Well, in addition to there being a lot of this Disney news, there's actually a ton of like regular nerd news here. Oh, really? So, yeah. Okay. Um, just in the past a week or so, and this is maybe one or two things that we might have missed from a week before. So we'll try to get through this real fast. And uh, just to keep you around, we'll save the Disney stuff until the end. So I wanted to ask you fast, because I know you have an investment somewhat in this. Um, what did you think of uh, Greta Gerwig's Mumblecore Little Women trailer? I'm... <laughs> I'm actually cautiously is optimistic about it. Is the world ready for it. a mumblecore Little Women? I I think it is. Um, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about this. Um, I actually think it looks pretty good. Uh, I think it's got a pretty good cast. Uh, so I'm excited to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love Timothy Chalamet, but yes. it, it looks like we're getting a a Tom Holland situation here, right? He's never gonna grow he's never gonna look any different he's gonna oh, look you, like you that forever so? right oh, so I don't, know. I don't know maybe i'm just i come from a certain era where like you know laurie is that hunky kid with the eye mole you know but like right. it's like he's just a little this is a little guy <laughs> 
Yeah, I like guess this, he's kind of... This is what Joe goes nuts for? He's kind of tiny, I guess. But if it's um, Sorcy Ronan, who is like the female version of just going to look 14 forever. I guess. Then it works. Babies having babies. Yeah, all right. Um, well, I always... The, the story of Little Women is always kind of like complicated, you know? <laughs> like, it's going in one direction and you think it's going to go one way and then it goes somewhere else. Um, and I guess that's just kind of good storytelling, you know? Yeah. Like, um, L- Louisa May Alcott was the uh, Dan Brown of her time. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I think you mentioned that there hasn't been a Little Men film until since like the there 1940s. Might have, I don't know. Somebody might have taken a. The indie swing at it, but you I don't know, this think is I've the, seen that. This is the, like the third or fourth Little Women in yeah. like 20, 25 years. Well, and uh, the last Little Men was like nineteen forty. Yeah, there there was a Little Women that came out last year, but it was a modernization, and the trailer looked just dreadful. Awesome. Like it just looked absolutely terrible. Like in the vein of a Clueless or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, anyway, uh, maybe uh, this one will, will really land, and then Greta will uh, re up for for a little men sequel or something. That would be nice. We'll yeah, see. I'd like to see that. Uh, hey, speaking of sequels or reboots, Kevin Smith is doing a He Man series for Netflix. It's called Ooh, Masters wait. of the Universe Revelation. Not a good title. Uh, no, no, it's not Revelation. Not a good title. Not a good title. Um, Specifically, okay. it is a sequel series. It, supposedly, it will uh, address some unresolved storylines from the 80s TV cartoon. Show? Okay. I didn't know that there were storylines for the 80s <laughs> show. I just thought this week Let it's like... Let alone they were unresolved. Oh, no. Yeah. Like, Skeletor has found a way to turn people into dogs, uh, and then we turn them back. Do you think that Skeletor is, like, one of the best, like, bad guys from, like, cartoons? It, yes. Yeah. Uh, first pass. Yes. Uh-huh. Now, because there's something so iconic about a ripped dude with a skull head. Right. Uh, who's also just a little bitch. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he's just so catty. I love it. Yeah. Uh, of course, we have to throttle that to death. And so the, I think, two thousand early 2000s. Like Fox Kids uh, cartoon, like gave him this whole backstory. Oh. He was this dude named Keldor or whatever, and they tell us the story of how his face got melted off, and because he's working for Hordak, and it's just like, we no, don't care, it's just right? cool when him and Evelyn are just sniping at each other, and just <laughs> and he's yelling at Beast Man, and they just yeah, that's that's the good part. Well, you know? I hope it'll lean a little bit more the original cartoon than oh, the it will one hundred percent be. A Shira situation, won't it? You think so? You know what? I don't know because every Netflix show has been that. But this is Kevin Smith, and all the, all the good and mostly bad that that entails. Yeah. Spoiler alert: I'm not excited about this at all. But then again, I haven't thought about He Man in about thirty years. Is it going to um, be animated? Yes, it's absolutely going to be animated. Okay. But my point is, is that it will be probably a real like. Heavy metal cover, you know, yeah. kind of what they were going for for the original, only dumbed down for kids. But this will be every single because every single figure or every time that they try to do one of these cartoons or reboot, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, man, it's so sick and badass. And it's like, it's not sick and badass. It's a guy in pink tights with a bowl cut <laughs> who transforms into a different guy with a with a bowl cut right. and a tan. Yeah. And it's crazy homoeroticism. And so it's like, how is that like, oh man, it's the anime so stylings great. and the No, but that's 
That's what Kevin Smith's going to do, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, how do you make a cartoon, like, quote-unquote, cool when he it's ostensibly, like, the most uncool thing ever? Like, How do, how you, do you do it? Yeah. Ask all the people who have done it over and over and over again. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think you're right. I think it is going to be a little bit like She-Ra, especially since Netflix has right, done prob- that. That's probably for the best. Yeah. Uh, I've heard that... Uh, Andrew Scott, uh, seen most recently as Hot Priest in Fleabag, oh, yep. uh, will be joining his Dark Materials. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, the season we're going to see, the first season, or like, yes. oh, okay. Yes. We just didn't know about it before. Yes. Because I'm assuming they've wrapped on that, right? Uh, maybe not. Or you know what? He might. It might be. So uh, it's been a while since I've read the thing. Uh, he is um, playing the father of... Um, a character that appears in the second book. Oh, okay. Um, so, so this he might may be, be for season two. two. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't want to say anymore. Um, that, I, that's fair. So this uh, isn't a huge role, but it 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 just goes. Uh, it's it, it's in the same vein of them, you know, really just pumping this thing full of uh, character actors and yeah. uh, a lot of, a lot of good talent in this. Well, that's always a good sign, I think. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. I would like to read those books before it airs, so maybe I need to get on that. I got them. Okay. I'll send them to you. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, did we talk about how Hasbro has bought uh, Entertainment One, Entertainment One Studio? What is Entertainment One Studio? What have they done? They own a lot of preschool brands. Oh, okay. Like Peppa Pig and you PJ were just Masks. telling me about Peppa yes. Pig, And a you? couple other, um, produce a couple other shows. I think they produce like Trailer Park Boys. Okay. And a couple scattered like adult shows. Mm-hmm. And so Hasbro has bought them for $4 billion as part of a, you wow. know, a consolidation effort. Everybody's trying to consolidate, consolidate. We're all trying to stay ahead of Netflix, Disney. Yeah. Who are always going to have a huge market share, but we need to, the thinking is shore up our own catalogs right. so we can compete against them. Okay. Um, interesting. I'm assuming there'll be more toys with the... the trailer Park Boys? Yeah, sure. <laughs> trailer Park Toys. Oh, I can't gosh. wait. Yeah. Oh, man. The That's... dress up kid. Yeah, right? You can look like Bubbles. Right? I don't watch the show. Uh, <laughs> I don't either. Here's some other non-Disney news because it's really hard to not be talking about Disney news, but uh, Sony's Uncharted movie starring Tom Holland yes. has lost another director. Oh, Director no. Dan Trachtenberg is out. Uh-oh. But apparently Sony is putting this in hot turnaround and they are trying to get somebody immediately to take the director's chair. Okay. Um, and we might have a uh, announcement about that next week. So, okay. Yeah, but they yeah. want to fast track this. Well... They want to keep their Tom Holland as long well. As this they is can. what I wondered about because when you've got, it's not Tom's fault. No, but you're Sony. The reason you're doing this is because Spider-Man: Far From Home is the most successful movie you've ever made. Yes, financially uh, and critically. I mean, you're Sony. Let's face it. Right. Uh, so you want to hold on to your property, but because the last two movies, which are two of the most successful movies you've ever made, mm-hmm. are so heavily leveraged. On properties that you don't own, right? What do you do? I yeah, I, I not to I mention the fact that you've got uh, Venom two coming up. You've yep. got a Mobius, the Living Vampire movie, which I think is done shooting at this point. You're still toying with a um, Sinister Six property, right? With a um, Silver Sable and Black, uh, Cat. Black Cat film. Um, what else? A uh, oh, uh, Craven. 
uh, Craven solo movie. Yeah, yeah. So when you got all that going on, and none of those people have met Tom Holland yet, who's the weak link here? You. Yeah. We cast Spider Man. Yeah. Kill Uncle Ben again and get this thing rolling. Yeah. So that's it's. I almost thought that this would be a perfect opportunity for for them to go. Let's just cut our losses on the Uncharted thing because it's clearly not going to work. Right. And then we can just cut Tom Holland loose completely. But apparently they're doubling down on that, so that might be good news for him being Spider-Man still. I heard that they were planning on keeping him for at least the next two films. Um, Assuming there will be two films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we're kind of talking about it right now. We are. So let's just talk about it. Okay. Yeah, that's what happened. Uh, apparently, that what came down to uh, a producer credit and the finances. Yes. From what I understand, the original deal that... Disney proposed was that they split evenly the box office take mm-hmm. uh, with them basically producing and providing creative assistance on a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Uh, Sony turned that down and somehow got them down to like 5%, I they, think. They were only Disney getting 5%, 5% originally, but, yeah. but kept all the um, licensing for um, toys and yes. marketing and stuff like that. Yeah. Which probably, I mean, look. $3 billion they made on two Spider-Man movies? Like, it's nothing to sneeze at, mm-hmm. but you probably made double, triple, ten times that in products. Right? Yeah, probably. So we went back to the drawing table or the drawing board or the negotiating table mm-hmm. next to the drawing board. And Disney came back and said, okay, let's do it, 50-50. And so he's like, uh, well, I don't think so. And I get where Sony's And from what I understand, from. didn't even negotiate it was just like no i don't think no. disney did no they're just like well if you're not going to take our deal then we're done no sony didn't negotiate. oh sony didn't yeah okay and a lot of people are blaming sony but you can understand sony's position but as you pointed out at the beginning of the show i don't care who gets paid i want to see a good movie yeah exactly <laughs> so uh and I think Sony might be in the right in terms of, and as much as like these multi-billion dollar corporations right. need to be defended, uh, in terms of like creative and artistic freedom and not getting screwed out of something that they are putting up the money for. But right. you better hope that Mobius the Living Vampire movie is a is a surefire hit. Right? Well, I just I just think that they they are underestimating. I, I know that Marvel only was getting 5%, but they were putting in probably more than that into the production itself and you giving you access to other characters that you don't own. Like, we're not going to see... I know technically it wasn't Fury. You know, I know it was, a, you know, a Skrull, but, I mean, you're not going to see those characters in another Spider-Man film because they're owned by Marvel. So... Yep. Um, that boy, you get one Oscar and you just go nuts, don't you? Yeah, you think I you mean, can go it on your own. I, I think you just well, underestimate. We're gonna see. Yeah, we're how gonna much see. help they're. Getting. I just wish that we didn't have to let six years go down the tubes and see. You know, we saw in two thousand five with Josh Trank's Fantastic Four movie yeah. that you guys don't know what you're doing. You didn't know on the last two. Mm-hmm. If you can't crack it, you can't crack it. Right. But all you care about is money and not making a good film. That's it's it's a yes. business before it's art. Yes. That being said, <laughs> I don't know. I wish I had something to drop in here. Oh, no, speaking of business over art. Yeah. Hasbro also bought Death Row Records. Really? Yes. Why are they buying all this stuff? Because Dr. Dre was had this for sale sign on the lawn. <laughs> so. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Potato Head and Dr. Dre are now can uh, appear in the, the same, same universe. Company. Yeah. <laughs> wow. 
That's bizarre. That's, okay. That's hard. That's harder than uh, than Ice Cube. Uh, you know, I'll be doing Are We There Yet? Right. But whatever. The point was always to make money. So money you have made. I guess. Uh, Elena Satine has been cast as Julia in the Cowboy Bebop show. Okay. I don't even know who Julia is. Um, yeah, you do. Do I? That's Spike's long lost love. Or oh, whatever. okay. All right. Cool. Um, do we have an idea as to when that's coming to be appearing on Netflix? You didn't even ask who Elena Satine was. I don't know who Elena Satine was. I don't really know either. She's been in a couple shows that I haven't seen. And she did appear as the Enchantress, I believe, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Remember that episode oh. where Sif showed up for some reason? Because mm-hmm. they're do- still doing crossovers at that point. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's all we know. Okay. But it's coming together. All right. It's coming together. What else cool. is happening? Um, no, I, I, I've oh, got the news, right. but if you've got something to no, say. I, no, 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 no. <laughs> Just enthusiasm. Okay, good. I'm glad that you're enthusiastic. <laughs> let's uh, let's keep plugging through here. Let's get to our, oh, I just want to say real quick, um, Steve Agee was also cast as King Shark in the Suicide Squad film by okay. James Gunn. All right. Sounds good. I don't know who he is either. So it's damned if you you do know. You do know. I do. He is, you've seen him in a lot of stuff. He is probably most famously on TV as one of Sarah Silverman's um, gay neighbors. Okay. In, uh, and the show would, would lead with saying, pointing out that they're gay mm-hmm. uh, in the Sarah Silverman program. Sure. Along with Brian Posehn. Okay. But he's a comedian. And this can go one of two ways. You either cast a wrestler who's going to bring nothing to the role. Yeah, or you cast a comedian because it's CGI, and it's 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 the whole thing's a joke, and we don't take it seriously. Now, yeah. I like it when things don't take themselves seriously, but because mood spelled backwards is doom. But something like the Suicide Squad as a property is it can't exist if it's too funny. Do you know what I mean? It is based right. in the idea that like. <sighs> Flick the cigarette butt out. Maybe I help you. Maybe I won't. What's in it for me? And right. it's like, oh no, uh, Slipknot got his head blown off. Like it's all based in like, oh, so cool and edgy. <laughs> you know that? Yeah. That could. That's for somebody. Right. I bet Zack Snyder would make a awesome Suicide Squad movie. Yeah, I bet. Think so. Yeah, but like casting Steve Agee, <laughs> it's just it seems like we're going in a particular direction. Yeah. Like I'm... King Shark exists unless he appears in the Holly Quinn cartoon. He exists to be scary and ripped and oh, masters of the universe. Right. Right. But instead it's like, hey guys, what's up? <laughs> He's just going to tell jokes. I'm steaming. Joke, joke. Yeah. He's just telling jokes. Yeah. King Shark <laughs> and his stand-up routine. Right. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, I just got to keep swimming. I tell you. <laughs> Something like that. I don't think so. We'll find out. All right. Here it is. The Disney news. You, yes. What you've been waiting for. I have. You've been waiting for that hot news that Kit Harrington is playing the Black Knight in Eternals? What? Yeah. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I don't even really know that much about Black Knight. I think Nobody you were, does. You were telling me a little bit about him. Like, I guess he was one of the original Avengers. No. He was one of the original replacement Avengers. Replacement Avengers. Okay. Yes. All right. That doesn't sound as good. Um, it was like, I don't know. You know, it was like in the mid late sixties. Okay. So, Hawkeye shows up, mm-hmm. and uh, I think Scarlet Witch and, and uh, Quicksilver come sure. in because they were um, 
bad guys, but then they became good guys. Mm-hmm. And so you've got, you know, Black Knight, um, like the swordsman hangs, hanging around, just stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Hank, I think, J- I think Janet might quit and then Hank becomes a uh, giant man around that time. Oh, um, okay. But anyway, yeah. All right, and supposedly the more he uses his sword, the more insane he goes. So yeah, he's got a sword that's like called the Ebony Blade, and it's powerful and magic. Yeah. But yeah, it you know, can drive you crazy. So okay, um, I mean, and apparently the connection the is yeah, and we you know we've seen this before. Like Black Panther got his start in Civil War. Yes, um, that's true. He didn't have to be in there. Like no. it's you could have a bunch of. JSOC guys chasing you down and having an airport fight without the king of Wakanda hanging around. But right. It was a nice little parallel to the bad guy who was also a uh, who's a father who's lost his son instead of a son who's lost his father. And so, right. No, that's true. You guys are, you know, it's good, good script writing. Yeah. But uh, so I don't know. We'll see. The, the tenuous connection here is, I guess, Black Knight dated Cersei from the uh, right. Eternals for a, for a while. Who um, we later found was. Gamma Chan is going to That's be That's who, yes. Cersei. Gamma Chan will be playing Cersei. And we also got to see their costumes and yes. basically see the whole lineup, all 11 of them or, or whatever it is. Yeah. There's I mean, a ton of them. They look okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, you look at when Jack Kirby came back to the Marvel in the 70s and was allowed to do the Eternals, it was basically like, go crazy, Jack. Right. Because this isn't going to matter. I mean, we don't really care. <laughs> you just do whatever. And he did. And he took a lot of the work that he had done um, for that fake movie Argo, mm-hmm. the real life story yeah. of the rescue of the people from that uh, from the embassy. Yeah, um, I don't know if you remember, but in this movie they ask a comic book artist to create designs for this fake movie that they're doing as part of this uh, oh, cover right. of the operation. And Jack always liked like Aztec type designs and so he put that into a lot of the work that was sort of like the visual look of this movie that somebody's got to make this movie someday right right is the government own it who owns the this I have movie no idea. but anyway he he kind of back formed that into a lot of what the eternals was mm-hmm. the sort of look and so there's a very distinct very what you think of as like kirby-esque look they've eliminated all that <laughs> it's all glossy and you know yeah. they, they look like to me they look like asgardians if you put like no, horn really helmets do. on them they just look like they're from Asgard. Well, I would say they're like Asgardian, but they're even more muted than the Asgardian clothes are because I well, mean, if you take Loki out has the, like the bright green. And yeah, well, yeah, color wise, and then if you take out the um, the 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 um, Renaissance or medieval sort of um, elements, yes. um, to their costumes, yeah, they just look like we haven't put the bones and <laughs> chain mail on an Asgardian yet. It's right. an Asgardian's uh, you know, casual wear. Right, exactly. So, um, so thrilled about that. No, because, well, I heard somebody talking about it and they're like, it's something new, it's something different that we haven't seen before. Not- well, if that's true, then it shouldn't look like something we've seen before. It should be something completely new and yeah. completely different. Yes. Uh, I don't want it. <laughs> but uh, Kit Harrington does and he's got a job now. Yeah. yeah. They're like, so what are your qualifications? Well, I rode a horse. I <laughs> know, right? And I swung a sword for eight years. <laughs> you're like, I, I know you're, exactly. You're in. We got him. Yeah. He's in. So we were looking at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Uh, Disney has announced three more Marvel TV shows. Yes. A She-Hulk show, a Ms. Marvel show, and a Moon Knight show. Yes. I'm super excited about all of these properties. Um, when you're a producer mm-hmm. and somebody asks you a question, do you get used to... Lying, I think or you have to. is the truth 
itself permeable and fungible because six months ago mm-hmm. they were talking about Moon Knight and, as a property and how they were excited about exploring yeah. its options and maybe it was a TV show, maybe it was a movie. Uh, how much work is done on this? Do you know what I mean? Like I know that like when Mahersha Ali comes out in a blade hat, they said right there that this is phase five. Like we are nowhere near, nothing, yeah, yeah, yeah. no pen has touched paper, no typewriter right. has paper in it. Like, you know, we know that this isn't a thing, but they come out and they're like, we're excited to show you Moon Knight. It's like, but did you guys just come up with this like yesterday or at the time that you said, eh, maybe it's a movie. You already had scripts and you know, you're casting and um, thinking about stuff. I think it's hard I to say. I think this is very early in the process. I, I think so too. Um, I hope they didn't just say, oh, oh, TV show. Yeah, we got to get something together for D23. Let's just do it. Um, I hope it was more thought than that. <laughs> there's, just um, a, there's a dartboard in the <laughs> Kevin Feige's office. I know, right? Um, but I, you know, I was kind of questioning, like, is this the best medium for these properties? And I was talking to you about it. Oh, thanks. For, I like how you can go. I was. <laughs> what? You said something great and I'm going to say it now. <laughs> well, I, I just wanted to say you kind of convinced me oh, okay. uh, in a lot of good ways. Um, you know, She-Hulk, she's not only is she a counterpart to the Hulk, but she's she's a this lawyer. This should have been a David Kelly show. Right. 15 years ago. And and I totally agree with you. Um, and I think that makes it a, a huge Who's your good point um, that this is going this was definitely going to fit within that medium. Uh, What I think that they're probably going to lose, even though they do own Deadpool now, is that She-Hulk has always had a similar fourth wall breaky uh, sort of nature. Sure. Feeling to her. She was always somebody who was silly. It didn't have to be taken that seriously. Not necessarily when she was guesting in Fantastic Four, but like in her own books, mm-hmm. um, you know, the John Byrne stuff or whatever. It's very much, eh, it doesn't really matter. You know, like, oh, right. no, Galactus. Oh, he just had indigestion. We got him a big Tums or something like that. It's, right. you know, it's never really like that high stakes. Right. So uh, if you combine that with Dancing Babies and Ally McBeal, I don't know what you get. Right. I don't know if they'll do that. I'm just saying. That's what I that's what I see here. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a it's a procedural, like you said. And like, um, I think Ms. Marvel could have been a good movie, but maybe it fits better as a TV show. Like you were saying, like it's going to be like a, you know, like a teen um, sitcom sort of thing. Like, you know, she like sitcom. Well, maybe not sitcom. Like awkward. Well, I saw more as a teen drama. Oh, as a teen drama. Although I guess. she is also kind of silly, but there's, uh, you know, she is. you definitely, how funny can you make Little Mosque on the Prairie? Like, how funny oh can you gosh. make Muslims? Now, the answer is you should be able to make them very funny, but I think a lot of it's going to be, oh no, those neighborhood kids, you know, smashed up my store again because I'm Mr. Pakistani or whatever. Oh. And she's like, oh boy, I'm sorry about that. And it just seems like there's going to be. Here's your chance to attack some social commentary. Right. It doesn't have to be in this ostensibly fun show aimed at teens. Kids. But yeah. I don't see that being – I see that being a part of it. Okay. Yeah. Like maybe it's going to be something kind of like uh, the new Sabrina show or something like that. Um, <laughs> Please, God, no. No? Okay. Um, yeah, anyways. And I, I don't know a whole lot about Moon Knight except that he's kind of like the Marvel Batman. So – um. Yeah, I think that would make it. We good told TV you show. to make a Batman show, cowards, and you didn't, and so Batman show. Yeah, pretty much. 
Only, speaking of edgy, this will be the edgiest of all time. Because he's a Batman who, he'll cut a face off. He'll cut a face off. Okay. If he has to. He goes a little too far sometimes. Uh, yeah, and he's insane. He's nuts. So okay, cool. When you talk about like Batman having to deal with, you know, having a dual identity of being uh, Bruce Wayne and being Batman at the same time, this guy's mm-hmm. literally Moon Knight and somebody else. So. <laughs> okay. Fun times. Yeah. Well, there's one person who doesn't have to worry about that. He is a hero. He is a man. He is a king. That's Black Panther. And his sequel will be coming out in 2022. Yeah, they did formally announce it. Yep. They had um, Ryan Coogler uh, hanging out on stage and talking about what's coming up in the future Mm -hmm. and uh, not revealing very much. No. But definitely saying that it's going to be, you know, it's going to be even bigger. It's going to be the first one, but more. And they hinted at that the bad guy might be Namor, but they didn't like... I think a lot of people that. are assuming a lot. I I have heard that rumor for a long time Me too. coming now. And people can't be I've also heard a lot of rumors that weren't true at all, but yeah. I think that in that way where you go at this point we have a machine that can squeeze out a movie in 18 months. Mm-hmm. No problem. Less. Um what are they saying on the internet? People want Namor? People want Namor? Yeah, I think people want Namor. No, we they don't own Namor. That's Universal, right? Universal owns Namor. Oh. So if they want Namor, they're going to have to do some kind of deal. And after this weekend, maybe that won't happen. Oh, I didn't maybe realize. Maybe they don't want to do that anymore. I didn't realize Universal owned Namor. I thought they unless got it reverted, Fox. Yeah, unless it reverted back because they didn't do anything with it because they haven't done anything with it. But I haven't checked up on that recently. But that was always one that was sort of an outlier. That was part oh, of the whole okay. yard sale of uh, Marvel properties. Okay. In the 90s. Uh, what else? Um, there's a bunch of other things that they announced that aren't necessarily, you know, in our neighborhood, like mm-hmm. Raya and the Last Dragon starring uh, Aquafina as a new uh, animated feature. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's coming from Disney. Um, Soul. Uh, they announced Soul and had a, uh, like a trailer for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've heard a lot about this Pixar's uh, new, new movie, film, yeah. um, but haven't seen uh, much about it. Um, Star Wars is pretty much. Oh, we're not done with the Marvel news yet, though. Let's say real fast that um, it was announced that they would uh, have a, a Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur show. Oh, I didn't hear that. An animated show. Okay. Uh, produced by Lawrence Fishburne. Is Larry Fishburne getting into producing? Weird. Huh. Yeah. Okay, sure. Why not? Yeah, I guess um, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that could be uh, interesting. I know that <laughs> I don't look, they can make anything work, right? Yeah. Uh, you put it on at the right time and you have enough yeah. commercials and, you know, that's why Power Rangers still exist. Yes. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> but I feel like they've been trying to make Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur work for a long time and it still doesn't work. I so. don't know much about it, There's but it sounds... There's nothing to know. Okay. Don't worry it about it. It sounds intriguing. No, it's not. It's not? It's not. Okay. No. There was a... There was a <laughs> Devil Dinosaur is a sentient dinosaur. Moon Boy was a caveman, like a okay. caveman monkey type guy who was like the smartest monkey type guy and they were teamed up in like an old comic book. But okay. now there was a recent reboot of that with the sort of Marvel Now stuff where they did Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. And Moon Girl is a genius. She's like the smartest person in the Marvel Universe or whatever. And then she teams up with Devil Dinosaur, the sentient T-Rex. Okay. All right. And have adventures. All right. Didn't Brian Vaughn do that? Girl has dinosaur in Runaways? Yeah. Yeah, he did. Well, whatever. <laughs> um, did you get a good look at Cruella DeVille? I, yeah, I heard and saw about this. Yeah, I saw the picture. 
70s London was the weird thing for me. Okay. Right? That that that's a weird choice. That was like the setting. Yeah. Cuz it was all like she's kind of moddy a little bit and there's yeah. like a yeah, and there's like a moto guzzi in the, in the picture and Sure. It's, so it's like interesting. Yeah. I mean, um, not not interesting. No. A Cruella prequel is not interesting. But... No, no, nobody cares. Uh, but so are they setting it there just mathematically? Because when they do a follow up with old age ma- uh, old age makeup on her, and it's set like in the modern day, this is now she's an old lady. But I this guess. is how she got her start. I guess. I mean, is she still gonna kill? Is she gonna kill a bunch of Dalmatians for a code in this one too? I don't know. What? Did Mele- did Maleficent like? Eat, eat anybody? Turn into a dragon and eat anybody in her soul uh, room? I think she... It's been a long time since I've seen it. It's the problem with these villain <laughs> origin stories where they're good guys. I know. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Uh, speaking of villain origin stories, how's that Black Widow trailer look? We didn't um, see it, we so we don't know. Right. But right. there was some uh, footage snuck out from... Uh, well, I don't think it was really snuck out. Um, there's there's some things they let you film. They show yes. like a promotional videos or you know packages that it's okay, but then they go, now we're going to show the trailer. You if can't see a, f- a screen. Yeah. You're out of here. We'll shoot you out of a cannon. Right. But uh, people have described that um, it sounds pretty good. Um, all this bullshit with like the things that they say about what the movie's going to be about before the, the rubber hits the road. Uh-huh. Cause they're like, oh, you know, Natasha uh, is has a sort of a, a, a bond, like a mentorship bond with Yelena Belova. And uh-huh. then it's like they describe the footage. It's like these two are trying to kill each other for like the entire movie. Well, right. Now, it might turn at the end of it to you're not so bad. Yeah, you're OK. Right. But it seems like they're going to try to kill each other for the whole movie. Yeah, probably. Yeah. The, d- renowned badasses. Scarlett Johansson and Florence Pugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, well, I mean, they do a good job. I'm just saying, like, what if Clueless went a different way and Cher uh, got right. into a fight with uh, Brittany Murphy? And yeah. Just be, you know, a lot just of flailing and clawing each other's eyes and pulling out and weaves pulling their hair. Yeah. yeah. But no, exactly. these, these two are trying to kill each other. Uh, apparently, there's a real uh, badass uh, fight scene between Black Widow and Taskmaster. So, yeah. I kind of like this. We've got this. We've got Shang-Chi coming up. You know, mm-hmm. we've got a couple of movies coming up that are going to be less, I'm assuming, uh, portals and gems and yes. flying horses. And I think after what we've had in Endgame and all that stuff, it's time to pull it back a little bit. And right. so, yeah, if you just want to deliver a couple kung fu movies where, you know, a lot of scissors, a lot of head scissors in this, you know, <laughs> it's just going to be yeah. head scissor after head scissor. Yes. Um, I wonder if Taskmaster is going to try that move on her. Well, he better because (laughs) their fight choreographers are great and they're very good. This is actually, I think, in the description of the footage that we heard from somebody who had been there. Yeah. Is that they have a long fight scene and the fight scene begins with Widow doing all of her moves and then them not working. And then as the fight goes on, like suddenly it's like, well, how would you like a head scissor? So I'm I'm positive that they will be able to communicate that. which would be really tough because most fight scenes these days are just cut on punch, cut on punch, guy falls down. Yeah. No offense to Hobbs and Shaw, but I'd imagine that it's, you know. Kind of similar. Not quite, quite as great. Yeah. Although, so. do you know the crazy rules they have in those movies about who can and can't get punched? No. Half the movie is like them arguing and negotiating over how many times um, The Rock can punch Vin Diesel or Vin Diesel punch the rock. And Gosh. Vin Diesel actually came up with a an exchange system where a punch equals 
so many points. A headbutt equals so many points. If somebody gets knocked down, it equals so many points for the knocker downer. Oh my goodness. So that when you go through the fight scene at the end, the balance has to be zero. Nobody can come out looking Better. tougher than the other one. My goodness. Which I'm like, how does that work? Because right. I don't know really anything about these movies, but I get the impression that in the Hobson Shaw team, The Rock just blows through everybody mm-hmm. and Jason Statham has to sort of like scramble to keep up. That's kind of what I assumed as well. Right. Yeah. And that's their dynamic. That, that's fine. You wouldn't right. want to have The Rock and The Rock. Oh my God, I just invented <laughs> the most amazing film. <laughs> Double Impact. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Remake starring The Rock. Yeah. There you go. You ever see Double Impact? I have not. No. Van Damme movie? No. Um, we got a Van Damme movie uh, show coming up in our future. Uh, all right. I, I am. It might be a chance, it. but our mama took one. <laughs> so we'll see about that. It has to end in a... I, I like the fact that, yeah, every time you go to New Orleans... Yeah. It's got to be Mardi Gras. So I right. guess your action movies are always taking place in like mid-spring, like early to mid-spring. I guess. <laughs> uh, no, it's almost Fat Tuesday. I uh, know, right? Uh, so they did that, but they had the balls to not have it be during like Mardi Gras. No. But instead, <laughs> there's a climactic shootout in a Mardi Gras parade float warehouse. Yes. <laughs> I know. Which, by the way, like, which how is sold in the room? You know? I know, but like, how are you? How are you? Are you gonna give them money to like pay for all the floats that you ruined? Oh no, you or? just that's what a movie budget's for. I mean, the collect. I'm sure it's a lot. I'm sure like a a real go get them uh, um, St. Charles uh, parade, you know, in Mardi Gras is costs in over a million dollars, but a movie costs fifty million dollars. I know, so but that's I was a thinking fraction of their budget. I was just thinking within the world of the movie, like how do you make amends? Oh well I was that. thinking about in the world of the movie and well, I guess we're just talking about our target now. <laughs> yes, their friend, the police detective, gets shot and killed. <laughs> they don't call an yeah. ambulance, but she's dead. Yeah. And it's pressing. Like we are being chased right now. Yes. But a international cabal of manhunters <laughs> is operating in New Orleans and has killed somebody on Bourbon Street in front of a million people. At this point, you just sit back and let like the feds take care of it, right? Right. There would be like SWAT teams and like the National Guard would be here. All I have to do is just hunker down. I know this is the plan, but hunker down in the bayou and like the army's going to show up, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> These guys are shooting like rocket launchers. And I stuff. know. Well, and then but it's instead, also. No, he's gotta, I got to take him out myself. I know. I know he. they're like. Get Wilfred Brindley. They shoot the guy on Bourbon Street, like you said. I'm amazed that nobody else got hit by a stray bullet or something like that. Also, I don't know what the open carry laws are, but it is the South. So I'm surprised that those guys didn't have a get hunted themselves. Yeah, you're right. I have no idea. That was a genre. What was up with the 90s? There was a genre, a whole genre of manhunt films where people are being hunted. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I and don't now know. you can't even make a movie like that. No, no. <laughs> you can. It won't get released. Yeah, right. What were we talking about? Um, I think it was. I'm trying to avoid talking about Star Wars because oh, it's time to talk about Star Wars. There you go. Uh, we got a little information. At least we saw a poster and I think a few stills, but we didn't have any access to. But we have seen the poster mm-hmm. of Rise of the Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a poster where Rey is fighting Kylo Ren. And there is a okay. superimposition of the emperor's face. So this is real. This is really going to happen. I mean, it was real when no, they brought Ian McDermott really out at, um, yeah, at Star Wars Celebration. But And apparently in some of the footage from D23, 
Uh, we've seen Ray with a uh, double-sided uh, Darth Maul lightsaber. lightsaber. Okay, what color is it? Do we know? It is red. <laughs> so she could really actually have Darth Maul's lightsaber. Great. Okay. All right. Um. Cool. Um. <laughs> Do we want to talk about the trailer that they released for another Star Wars property? Do you not want to talk about <laughs> Rise of the... Wow, you just well, dropped that like a hot potato. Um, no, like I mean... A, like a rock that was being lifted by your force powers and you got distracted. Well, let me just say... Um, I'm cautiously optimistic about it. I mean, <laughs> I, I like Force Awakens a lot. So, I don't know. We'll see if JJ can do it again. Um, I don't like all of his films, so it's not like a real pull for me that he's doing it. Um, it is the last in the, this 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 run of Star Wars films. So any film after this, unless they do another prequel like Han Solo, which didn't Solo, which didn't do too well, um, will have to focus on something else. Yeah, nobody knows where they're going. Um, they are, you know, they are stepping back. From yeah. Star Wars films after this, mm-hmm. but it has been semi-confirmed that no details. But the Ryan Johnson trilogy is on still, supposedly. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, it would be nice if we had any sort of inkling as to what that's going to talk about. I think he somebody asked him about it, and he said, uh, "You know, who knows how carefully these people pick their words?" But right. He he said that he's excited to be work to work on it or to be working on it. So. I don't know. We can't glean that I mean, he much. He doesn't want to, to tell it. you he's been right. fired until it's been announced. But, right. But I don't know. I, I assume that, that it's going forward. And he seemed to suggest that it will be have nothing to do with the Skywalkers. So it'll be in a totally different corner okay. of the um, Star Wars universe. I think that's probably the best idea. Yeah, I think um, so too. And I guess this means the Benioff and Weiss one is, is dead. Is their trilogy dead? Well, I don't know. We haven't heard anything about it. So we've heard that they signed a huge deal with Netflix. We heard that. Right, right. Which is Netflix not Star Wars. Has all so. the talent. <laughs> I, I, mean, I guess they got what, Vince Gilligan. But. I wonder what their um, the Benioff and Weiss thing with Netflix is going to be. Nobody we knows. Have no idea. Yeah. People want it to be a Knights of the Old Republic movie, but I don't think they do a very good job. So you want to talk about the Mandalorian? I do. Go. Um, I really liked the trailer a lot. Um, I think. It's gonna do be pretty badass. I like John Favreau. Um, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, Big Zathrusta looks... fan. A what? Zathrusta. I why, I don't know about Z- that. But, <laughs> uh, but did he direct that? He probably did. No, he directed Jumanji. Um, but I I think that there there's gonna be a lot of action in it for for Star Wars. It looks kind of dark, which I'm kind of excited about. Um. And uh, I, I mean, I want the Mandalorian to talk, which we haven't seen him talk yet, but maybe that'll happen. Um, but I think it looks uh, pretty exciting. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. You think they've got a stew going? I do. I do think they've got a stew going. I, I think the Mandalorian. No, no one should watch this. No one should watch this. <laughs> the strange casting choices, but interesting. Yes, I think Carl Weathers, Giancarlo Esposito, and Werner Herzog are strange choices. I do, <laughs> I do think that they're also super macho choices, but not macho like, you know, who's the bald-headed steroid target, you know, f- for this week. No offense mm-hmm. to Dave Batista, but it's just a lot of like, 
and Nick Nolte, you know, these are all like, yeah. these are some grizzled dudes. Yeah. So maybe that will fit with the theme that I'm assuming it's going to be, which is like, it's not going to be fun to be a bounty hunter. It's going to be rough. No, it's going to be right. like a Western, like how I'm, I'm sure cool you got blue eyed Clint Eastwood, you know, as the man with no name, but everybody else is just some rundown, like 55 year old dude who's just stayed alive because he's good at shooting people in the face, you know? Yeah. And I've heard that, Things that we've heard about the trailer have kind of backed that up, that um, it's not like Carl Weathers is like the fixer or the guy that sends the bounties out. And he's saying there's just not a lot of good bounties right now. Um, so times are tough for the Mandalorian and uh-huh. other, other bounty hunters. I got to say, it's for somebody who is really just I, I'm waiting for that stepping back because I'm really burned out on Star Wars. Yeah, it does. Half of it looks like a real interesting take. On the franchise, the other half looks like crazy fan service. And I wish we could just stop <laughs> with the fan service. The whole the point of service, freezing yeah. somebody in carbonite was that it was an improvisation. They needed to get this crazy lightsaber swinging, jumping, flipping kid to the emperor in one piece. Mm-hmm. And so they are fighting him on a mining station that uses carbonite to entrap Tiana. Uh, 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 uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Get blaster gas. I can't remember the name of the gas. Doesn't matter. Uh, so this, they modify this facility. What if we put a person in there? They don't even know if he'll survive. Right. In fact, right. it's dangerous to do this. But it turns out it's okay. It doesn't. Either this takes place after Empire of the Strikes Back, and that becomes like Darth Vader, the, the inventor of the carbonite freezing that. process, right. has revolutionized the bounty hunter industry. <laughs> like, is that? Otherwise, it's just it's just fan service. You know, seeing yeah. like, oh look, IG eighty eight. I know it's not, it's IG-11, it's like a different droid, but it's the same like assassin droid. And it's just like, make a new assassin droid. You can do anything you want. Why right. are we looking at, uh, you know, YT-1300 freighters or whatever? Tabana, Tabana gas. Um, I had to access that drawer in my mind. <laughs> Last thoughts, go. Um, no, I mean, you make a really good point. Um, I don't know why we're seeing that. I do think that this takes place before Empire Strikes Back. Just gut feeling. Um, so I don't know why we're seeing that. I hope we see one glimpse of a female character. Um, I don't know if she'll, they'll be the, she'll be the only female character in the series. I think it's the Mandalorian's mom. I think this oh, is his really? backstory. Oh, okay. Cause it has a different look to it. Um, it has a different like color timing and stuff. And so I think that means like flashback or sort of different I time see. period. Okay. So this will be like, he was orphaned. At a young age. At a young age. Yeah, and this led to his like life of bounty hunting Being and crime. Rough and, okay. All right, that makes sense. But anyway, yeah. Could could be good. Could be good. Could be no. We know one thing. No disintegrations. Some people get their powers from being bitten by a radioactive spider. Yes. Other people eat 10,000 spiders. I know. And it gives them the power to defeat Spider-Man. Right? We were talking about Craven's Last Hunt today, uh-huh. a six-part story from 1987. It was written by J.M. DeMattis and illustrated by Mike Zeck and Bob McLeod. Um, Dematis worked for a long time on uh, Captain America, which he also uh, worked with Zach on. Okay. Um, he also did uh, some Justice League International. Uh, he did with Dr. Fate for a long time. Sure. And for me, he's like, you know, everybody talks about how the 90s were extreme. 
I think he he kickstarted it. I think okay. that he was one of the fathers of the, of the extreme. extreme movement in comics. You know, okay. Spider Man could be very light, but Spider Man got really dark in like the in the mid eighties. We've we've mm-hmm. read um, the Sin Eater storyline, the jet, yes. death of Gene DeWolf, before, where it's like people are getting shotgunned in the face and yeah. they're you know it's... having shotguns tied to their neck so they. They move, they heads get blown off. Yeah, and, it's pretty intense. And uh, yeah, Jane DeManis was a, a part of a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what happens in this story? Um, basically, Spider-Man is doing his thing. Uh, it's oh, sorry, I should say that this is a six-part thing. It was initially going to be all in uh, the comic web of Spider-Man, but the editors um, decided to split it up amongst the three Spider-Man titles. Which is That's probably probably a good marketing decision. I see. So it took place in Web of Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, and Spectacular Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, I think there were two issues in, in each of those. Um, but uh, basically what happens is Spider-Man is doing his thing, being Spider-Man. Craven uh, the Hunter has decided he needs to uh, conquer Spider-Man. And how he's going to do that, he's going to kill him and he's going to take over being Spider-Man. Um, and, uh, I guess Peter and Mary Jane had just recently gotten married as well. Uh, and she was going to move in with him and, uh, he, so Craven like, um, does shoot Spider-Man with some darts that make him, that drug him and make him go to sleep and he buries him and he's essentially uh incapacitated for like two weeks and nobody knows where he is and during that time craven becomes spider-man and takes over being spider-man he kills some people he doesn't just incapacitate them um and so he's kind of dragging spider-man's name in the mud uh and then uh we also see another spider-man bad guy vermin who I don't know if that he's really aware that Spider-Man is incapacitated, but he takes this opportunity to, he kills like six or seven people. He's a cannibal. So he just eats them, which is just gross. Uh, and he can control rats. Uh, so that's um, pretty much the, the main thrust of it. And like you said, Craven, like to get into the mindset of, Spider-Man eats a whole bunch of spiders. I guess we're never sure if that's a dream sequence, but Spider-Man is having nightmares, but he doesn't know that Craven is after him. So no. why would he dream about Craven? Yeah, I think right. Craven just eats a bunch of spiders. I think so too. It's, it's, but it's, it's so edgy, man. It's so, so edgy. And like their blood or something is green. Are we just showing that they're poisonous or something? And he just you know, eating them anyway. It's Ecor. Or I-Core as what do, what can't that be even, right. What does that mean? It It's bug blood. Oh, okay. It's the smell. Gross. It is such a thing. It, yeah, that's um, that's a really uninspired summary of what happens. Wow. That kind of cuts off about halfway through. Yeah. And doesn't really get into the psychology of okay. why anybody in this story does anything that they do. Um, specifically, Spider-Man... Like I said, it's dark. I think this is post-apartment fire, uh, but yeah, uh, post-wedding, though, too. Uh-huh. Um, Ned Leeds has recently died. He's died, yes. Um, the Hobgoblin, uh, like, kidnapped him and dressed him up, and I think brainwashed him or something like that. So, like, 
the, the, the police caught the hobgoblin, but it was, you know, Ned Leeds. And so Spider-Man oh. has been trying to get over, you know, losing yes. this friend and coworker. And as the story begins, he is he's shaken. You know, he is thinking about everybody who's died in his life. You know, Gwen Stacy and Gina Wolf ben. and Uncle Ben and um, Captain Stacy. I guess he doesn't say Captain Stacy, but also him. And how, um, yeah, he doesn't really know why he's doing this. And a thread that runs through this, and this kind of goes to what we were talking about before with Moon Knight and Batman, is that Peter Parker is Peter Parker. You know, yeah. he isn't like, I, I put on the... I'm really Spider-Man. The Peter Parker's the mask I wear during the day. Right. So I can take pictures for J. Jonah Jameson. No, like he's just, he's Pete, you know, and he does this stuff because he has to. Whereas Craven is, he wants to be, he's the hunter. He wants to be the the animal. He wants to feel the kill, you know. Right. And so to become the spider, he's like, has to think like the spider. And what ultimately we learn when Craven accomplishes his, honestly not, I know that, Vermin is maybe a, a power level above Spider-Man, mm-hmm. which how is that true? The guy just has rats and he's lives in a sewer. But anyway, I know. I, 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 that's it's it's a shitty goal. He beats he beats Vermin and he's like, I did it. That's great. And now he puts Vermin in a cage. I'm going to shoot myself in the face and die. I know. And so psychologically, I think the reason that Pete wins is that because he has a life and he has an identity beyond Beyond the mask. I am the deposed, you know, son of a noble Russian family who... How's right. this timeline work? What herbs are you... Do you got a little uh, purple heart-shaped herb there? I know. Because how are you still alive? I know. Uh, that's all Craven sees and that's all he thinks, you know, is important and he's a little bit insane. And so, yes, sure, physically he prevails, but he takes his life ultimately because mm-hmm. he's like, well, I got nothing else to do. I, the hunt is over. Yeah. Uh, I'm done. Yeah, I know. He could have just retired, but he's like, <laughs> he crawls into a coffin that he happens to have in his house. Like, I don't know, must have ordered it for himself or something. Well, he did hire that guy to dig graves all throughout the miniseries. I know. <laughs> there are a lot of um, ongoing sort of motifs in this. Um, one of them is quoting uh, William Blake's poem about the tiger. Uh-huh. Tiger, tiger, burning bright or whatever, but it's spider, spider, burning bright. And then we have like every, nearly every page, we have one wide panel of a bald guy uh, digging a grave. With no shirt on. Yeah. I, I kind of thought, if, if he looks kind of like Absorbing Man. I was like, is, <laughs> is Absorbing Man in this? I see. Maybe give the guy a shirt or some hair. Yeah. Uh, one or the other. No hair, no shirt, no Absorbing Man. Right. Uh, yeah. And so he's digging a grave. The grave turns out to be, you know, for Peter Parker. Uh, sorry, Spider-Man. Because Craven... Right. Never takes the mask Never really, off. No, I don't. Because again, like it said, he doesn't under. He doesn't get. He is what he is. He doesn't yeah. have something that he does. He is what he does. Uh, yeah. But then they throw him in there. Then for two issues, it is just animals crawling on the grave <laughs> until Mostly Spider-Man yeah. breaks out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently, like Dematis had this idea. Um, and sometimes you know, as a creator, I understand this. Sometimes you have like an image or an idea, and you have to write backwards from that because you sure. just want to see this happen. And apparently he wrote a or had an idea for a story about Wonder Man. Okay. I'm going to talk about Replacement Avengers, um, whose brother is um, the Grim Reaper, uh, an Avengers villain. Okay. And he had this like idea for this, you know, panel where the Wonder Man is crawling out of this grave that um, he's been put in by um, the Grim Reaper. And he pitched that to Marvel and they went like, nah, nah I don't think so. 
Uh, um, and then Dematis later on like brought it to DC and said, what about a Batman story where Batman is crawling out of a grave that the Joker put him in? <laughs> and which is a story that actually did get published I was gonna say. later in um, a Tales of the Dark Knight or something. But DC's like, nah, nah, I don't think so. Uh, yes, Grant Morrison probably borrowed it for Batman R.I.P. That's what I was thinking of. Um, then he, and then later, like he created like his own bad guy. Like he, I think he booted up the Spider-Man idea again, then created like a, a brand new character to do this. Oh, but then as he was looking around and thinking about the story, he's like, wait a minute, this old enemy Craven would be a, a good perfect. idea. You know, he's yeah. like this hunter. What if we? <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently, editorial was like. Yeah, we haven't done it. That character's dead. We haven't done anything with that character in a while. So yeah. you're fine to kill him. Well, <laughs> you have to think about this when you create something. If you have something that you're going to throw away and it succeeds, it's never going to go away, right? Yeah, that's a good so, point. So, yeah. So now Craven's got to stick around, I guess. And Craven has, in continuity, come back to life and been brought back. Okay. He's actually, I think his kids are hunters too. So they've shown up and done stuff. Of course. Yeah. Well, I in mean, this, we don't even know comics, if he everybody. has kids. It's never going to stop. Right. But yeah. So that's how it kind of came together. And then they knew they needed a side character. And um, he and Zach had created this character, Vermin, a couple of years ago. That was, I, uh, see. Um, I think, I think Zola, I think Dr. Zola created. Yes. Uh, I Vermin. think that's actually in the comic. Yeah. Um. And uh, was it Zola or was it Zemo? Oh. Maybe it was Zemo. It's one of those. One, one of those of Captain Z's. American bad guys. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently, like as Vermin mentions this multiple times, like Spider Man and Captain America, um, beat him. Um, and I don't know what happened with him after that. Like, it's I mean, did they bring him to the cops? I, I don't know. And he escaped. But yeah, apparently it didn't. It didn't go well. Yeah. Um. But he. For whatever reason, he gets hung up on, like, who Captain America is, and he's, like, Captain Flag. You know, he keeps saying, like, these things that it's are wrong. Treasure Island. Right. I know. Whatever. So, um. Yeah. But, yeah. Um. So, anyway, this is seen as one of the best Spider-Mans. I think it's one, in some polls, as the best ever, and it's been rumored that they've looked at this for... A possible Spider-Man movie. Oh, that's right. You're doing um, that. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I think John Watts has said, uh, the director of the last two Spider-Mans, that mm-hmm. he does like this storyline. I was thinking about it. Um, I think Sony probably wanted to do one. But then once they did the deal with Marvel and Marvel's like, well, we're going to do this. Then they're like, okay, well, we'll just get the, we'll keep the Craven movie hot. And so they want to do a Craven solo movie, which is just, you guys don't. I don't know if that works There's without no Spider-Man. Hook there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't like work. Well, well like some other other films like when you have and don't get me wrong, I've wanted a Black Widow movie for a while. Yeah. But Black Widow, she's got a butt, she shoots guns. <laughs> you do the Avengers and then you do a couple more Avengers and people go, "Like that Black Widow." Then you do a Black Widow movie. You don't right. start with a Black Widow movie. Right. And I just like how are you going to have a Craven solo movie? I don't know. I don't know Craven how Craven begins. Right. I don't know how they have a Morbius the Living Vampire movie, personally. Well, he but. was in a solo book. I think I might not be right about that, but he had a solo book. Okay. All right. So at least he's... He's a living vampire. Yeah, I know. What'd you think? Um, I liked it. I, I thought it was, um, like you said, it was like super dark. Um, I thought it was 
an interesting choice to have Craven eat spiders um, to kind of think like Spider-Man. Um, I don't know if that actually really helps him, honestly, but like um, he seems to think it does. And he seems to think that he is doing a pretty convincing job of being Spider-Man. Um, but, you know, he kills some guys. So, uh, yeah. And then, like, I, 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 I thought it was interesting how, like, there are some guys, some thugs who were after Mary Jane and were about to attack her. And then, like, he shows up, like, Craven shows up as, like, Spider-Man and, like, attacks them. And she's just like, oh, that wasn't Peter. Like, she just knows that's not Peter. But... In the back of her head, she keeps thinking he's dead, but then she, like, she won't let herself accept that, um, which I think is interesting. And, of course, she goes out looking for him all the time, uh, and she's really worried, but who can she talk to about it? Because it's, like, not that many people know Spider-Man is Peter Parker. Well, that's not true. But oh, you don't think so? You think more people know about She's that? not really friends with any of the heroes, so it's not like she can oh, call Oh, I see what you're saying. Johnny Storm or something like that. Yeah. And- not like she can call up Reed Richards and be like, hey, can you guys like go scan the city for him or something like that? She probably could do that. You think? <laughs> Who knows? They're probably in the negative zone or something. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I would have liked to have seen that. Um, they but... might have been, what, this is 87? They might have yeah. been broken up at this time. Mm. I think Reed went off and did something and Ben and um, She Thing. Uh, she thing and uh, short haired uh, buzz cut uh, Sue Storm were maybe getting it done at this point I can't remember okay um all right um so I mean I I I thought it was kind of interesting and then like Craven keeps bringing up his family and that people like thought that his mother was crazy oh weird I know um I, I also thought it was interesting at like the beginning of the book they show him kind of stalking other prey and like in the mindset of that animal. And then he kills that animal. Um, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a it's dream sequence or him, something. No, it's, I think it's him. Like if, if a hunter was like, I got to practice hunting and he went to his trophy room and like threw I a punch at saying. a deer head on the wall. Like he's like attacking like animal mannequins and stuff. Okay. Hanging dong the entire time. Yeah, I know. And there's one shot where he's sort of bent over and you can see like his butt crack from behind. And mm-hmm. I'm like, we were too hard on Milo Minara. <laughs> Frank Cho was right, everybody. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my <laughs> but, goodness. Yeah, he's hanging dong for uh, a lot of this thing. Yeah. Um, Which, you know, that's a choice. I didn't like it. Really? I haven't read it in a long time. Um, The last time I read it, it was pretty much contemporary. It does not hold up. Oh, you don't If you look so. at something like The Dark Knight Returns and you go, well, TV talking heads isn't a thing anymore. Well, I mean, it, I guess it is for a lot of people. But just the way that like, oh, TV is like everything. And Ronald right. Reagan's still president. Some people wish Ronald Reagan's still president. Never mind. You know what? Dark Knight Return holds up. <laughs> but it it's clearly made in the 80s, but it's just it reads well and a lot of the things still fit. This is full of things that everyone thought was cool when comics was going through its like awkward teen phase into becoming like a mature medium. So mm-hmm. this is like, I'm Spider-Man, uh, like zits and all, you know, like <laughs> William Blake poem. Come on. Yeah, I know. 
and having it's an interesting idea to have um, this sort of like the grave digger or whatever, but it's like this whole memento mori, but on every page. Yeah, I know. And then Craven is like, oh, he's so cool. Once he gets home, he's going to get in his robe and he's going to be naked. He's going to be drinking some brandy. And he's like, yeah, I am Craven. It's like, it's kind of, I guess he's the bad guy, but it's kind of dumb. Yeah. Uh, this It's also like wildly misogynistic. Like, Hell yeah. Vermin just goes out and eats exclusively women. Yep. And he does it over the course of like three pages in lovingly detailed panels of him dragging them into sewers and More licking alleyways. their blood off of his fingers. Yeah, I know. And it's like, we get it. Yeah. And then Mary Jane's almost raped. I know. It's like women can only be victimized uh, and assaulted like in this entire story. And no, I got to say, it saying. isn't just this story and it's not just Jammed Mattis, but it's a really great example of why there weren't a lot of like women reading comics books. Uh, books back then no i i get your point i think there's a great core of a story there and it might make a two-hour movie but it ain't gonna be no william blake and he's not gonna be hanging dong and wrestling bears like that's right <laughs> bear mannequins bearnikins <laughs> um i don't think that it's aged very well and psychologically i don't think it's even really all that satisfying like we get that well the aforementioned um batman r.i.p is about as a story about a villain breaking a character down mm-hmm. um his sense of identity and his psyche and then you know breaking his body and then burying him and that right. character coming back because he's got to and for batman he doesn't need anything he's batman right for peter it's his wife it's his the city it's his you know fr- fa- uh, friends and family um Nobody ever says Aunt May in this well, entire I think story. Peter like thinks of Aunt May because he thinks like, well, she could die at any time, and then he thinks about Mary Jane and Aunt May when he comes back. But well, he yeah, doesn't yeah, go yeah. to visit Aunt May no, at all. No. He's like not like I'm fine, Aunt May. And I know you haven't seen me or heard from me in two weeks. And so like the template is there, but I never really buy the um the the dichotomy between the two characters. Like Craven never see. I mean, we see he's crazy. Like he eats spiders, yeah. but it's never. Deep, any deeper than just, you know, oh, this is important. I'm not crazy. My mom was crazy, but I am not crazy. Like, it just, it never goes past that. Probably because a third of the panels are dedicated to spiders or guys digging graves. And the the Peter side, too, is like, I've seen Peter Parker go through a million, like, crises of the soul, you know, mental um, sort of uh, gymnastics. And this, I just don't feel like this is one of the strongest ones. No, I mean, I, I, I see your point. Um, I guess I one thing that I don't understand from, from Craven's perspective is, like, I know he wants to kill him, supposedly, and, like, take over. Why doesn't he actually kill him? Like, he, like, drugs him, and he knows it's going to wear off. He knows he's going to wake up. So why do that to prove that he can? He wanted him to feel like... I don't have control or something like that. Well, he didn't know that Spider-Man would be able to get out of the coffin. Right. Maybe he just figured he's, he's, he's very strong. Strength. You know, he can right. get out of the coffin because at the end we find out that he has a signed affidavit and like photos of him <laughs> like attacking these people. So it's like he gives Spider-Man all the material necessary to clear his name so that you know, ostensibly his reputation won't be harmed at all by Craven doing what he did. It's right. almost like Craven's like, let me borrow your car. I'll bring it back without a scratch. The only problem is, is like, while I'm taking the car, you have to be in a coffin underground. Yeah. 
And I think it's like a sense of honor, maybe, you know, it's just like he just wants to prove that he could do what you do, like a counting coup situation. But you're right. It's very convenient and it's very comic booky. It's like, here, just give this to the police. It says, I, Craven, Sergei Cravenoff of right. sound mind and body do solemnly declare that I killed those rapists who were trying to get Mary Jane. Right. <laughs> like, what? Exactly. <laughs> when I was um, very young, mm-hmm. um, this guy uh, used to come over and babysit. This story's going to be fine. Um, <laughs> and I loved Superman. Sure. So much so that uh, my parents um, got me or probably sewed me a Superman costume. Very nice. And so when he would come over... We'd play Superman. And so it would be like uh, a little a little bit of improv, you know, even yeah, at yeah, yeah. Uh, four years old or five sure. years old. So like I would dress up in a, a suit you know, and I'd be Clark Kent. And I'd be Very like, nice. oh, let me just, uh, I need to interview you. And it's like, he's oh, okay, well, I'll tell you about this. And then later on, like I'd come back and as Superman, you know. And at one point, like, <laughs> this is nefarious. I want to find this guy and like beat him up. Uh- but he says, oh, are you um, Superman? Can I get your autograph? I'm like, sure. And I wrote down, he's like, this is a contract that says I own your life now. <laughs> and I mean, like, Superman, wow. super speed, grab the contract out of his hands, rip it up. Hell, use the heat vision. Just burn it. Done. Right, right, you know? right. Uh, looks like we won't be doing business. <laughs> Off to jail for you. But, like, we were done at playing after that because I was freaked out. Like, that oh. affected me. Like, yeah. I was like... He owns like my life, like he owns my. But I was a child. Yeah, I know. That's the kind of comic book logic I think that a lot of this story has. I see. <laughs> Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. That's why I don't think that it H- holds up. Is sophisticated enough to like come with us into the 21st century? Yeah. But what do I know? They'd have to. It's a guy with a lion head, half half a lion head on his face. I know his chest. He'd he'd have to like it'd have to be updated. I think to. Be, um, well, they got to put some more modern. Yeah, I got to put Snapchat and some uh, EDM in it. Oh boy! <laughs> Would you recommend this? Um. Well, I. Uh, I you liked yes, it. Don't I say no because it. I said I didn't I know. like it. Um. I I thought it was a uh, easy read and like I think we got <laughs> okay. two. Two, Freeman. Yeah, I cut. We got two villains. We got Craven and Vermin. Such a, Vermin is such a shit villain, too. He is. <laughs> I know. He's so like his mind. He's so childlike. I mean, I know he he has no control over whoever turned him into this creature, but like he he's so. I don't even feel like he has control over his life. He's like, I'm hungry, so I'm gonna take this woman down to the sewer and I'm gonna eat her. Because that's what I do. Because um, it's edgy. Yeah, I know. I, um, yeah. I mean, I guess you deserve to read one of the best Spider-Man stories of all time and then make up your own mind whether it's it any good or not. But yeah. I don't see this being a movie. Who knows? Who plays Craven? Um, well... Like, I guess if it was a couple of years ago, I would say, or like more than a couple of years ago, I, was, I would say like if he if he beefed up like a, a Tim Curry for like a Tim Curry type. No, really. Who plays Craven? <laughs> um, I am Sergei Kravenov. <laughs> and I'll eat the spider. <laughs> um, uh, 
How about like Billy Zane or something like that? Stop it. Who <laughs> who's gonna play him? Come on. Um, okay, Homecoming. Michael Keaton, right? Mm-hmm. P- proven uh, a- a talent, but complicated history of superheroes. So you're kind of playing off that as well. That's but true. ultimately, it is an somebody that we look at who's an older guy who can be funny because remember, Vulture's a good guy. He accidentally kills one person, but otherwise he just robs banks or whatever. Right. Um, not in the comics, but um, but he's supposed to be somebody who's like, I'll kill you. I'll kill your whole family. I'll kill, right. you, kill your dog. He's supposed to be scary. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal, we need a freak out, right? We need a guy yeah. who's like, we know is like, hey, everybody, it's a little tiny Darko. And then it's like, I'm Nightcrawler. I'm going to get you. Yeah. I, I yeah. didn't finish Nightcrawler. So who plays Craven? <laughs> If you say Kelsey Grammer, you're going out that window. No, I'm not going to say Kelsey Grammer. I am Sergi. Um, or Sergey. Oh, my gosh. Who plays Craven? Who's hot right now? Um, yeah, who just won an Oscar. Right. Because <laughs> that's how they or cast. Or Golden Globe or what have you. <laughs> um, uh, Timothy Chalamet. I was actually thinking about the... The guy, the older guy in that Army Hammer, is that? I mean, no. <laughs> Human saltine Army Hammer. Wow. Um. Okay. Woody Not Harrelson's him. taken. Yeah. Who's sort of darkly complected? You know, could play this sort of like, you know, I Cossack. I was trying to think if there was anybody from like Game of Thrones, but I don't think. Oh, that's a good one. That. I mean, I don't know. Uh, we already have Kit Harrington and Richard Madden in Eternals. So um. the problem with trying to think about Game of Thrones, and this is boring, and I guess we'll just wrap it up with failure because we're never going to come up with anything, is that it's been on for so long that it's hard to think back to like the first the season. Beginning. The guy that plays Roose Bolton, oh. who I've seen in some other yes. stuff, he was in like in a bit role in um, Chernobyl, is like a really great. He's one of those guys that you look at him and you just go, this guy is like, he'll eat my liver. You know what I mean? Like, it's a he, real. He would be good. Um, but he's really old. And I can't remember his name. Oh. <laughs> um. Isaac Hampstead Reith. You're right. We've got it. Okay. <laughs> the, the three-eyed craven. There you go. Anyway, I wish the show was better, but I think we're just, <laughs> this Sony news has got me down, man. I know. Every movie studio should be required to release their emails every five years. You so think? we get a look at what's going on. <laughs> oh, I think every, I mean, and then you could abuse this, but except for classified stuff, I think every government email should, technically they are, after a certain amount of time, they, you know, because of, uh, FIFO or freedom of information like you can Mm -hmm. maybe not see every email but like there's a transparency but yeah every email should just be on a public server unless it has to do with national security and that should definitely be true of these studio emails because if we learned anything from Sony and there's nothing unique about Sony no Hollywood is a bunch of middle managers Mm -hmm. whose dads got them a job who have no idea, they're not creative, they don't particularly have any, like, administrative skill, who are just coming up with, like, maybe Spidey can do an EDM juice cleanse or something like that, because that's yeah, cool. Yeah, I know. Like, that's how you get 
Ghostbusters 2016. Yeah, I know. And so, or the Ghost Core. You know, the Ghost Core. We all love the Ghost Core. Mm. That's how you get that. Yeah. So, yeah, if we, if these people could be laughed at on the internet, <laughs> they'd come up with better ideas. No, you're absolutely right. They would. I know. It's intellectual property and then, you know, somebody will steal their ideas and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But come on, man. Yeah. That's how we um, do it. We live our lives in the open. You hear about all the dumb ideas that we've got, like starting a radio station, Oh, which we unfortunately did. And we are yeah. still looking for answers to our survey. So click on the link in the show notes. Or if I haven't, I will pin the link on Just Enough Trope on Twitter at, at Just Enough Trope. Please take this survey. We've, we've got yeah. this radio station. We want to get it going. We want it to be something that you can tune into at any time and hear something fun, some of the programming we do on this show, uh, something on our other shows mm-hmm. like backtracking or craft of services or virtual theater or enterprising individuals. Uh, family's getting bigger. Yeah, and it is. So you can always hear something like that and you can hear some of the music that you enjoy, but it won't be the music you enjoy. Unless you take It'll the be survey. all EDM. Right. Wall to wall. <laughs> unless you take this survey and you tell us what you're into so we can shape it to be what you want to hear. So do that. Also, follow us on Facebook. Uh, go to facebook.com forward slash just enough trope. We have a Discord server. Now, we do. I know so little about Discord. I'm going to have a real problem even directing you to it. But we have a server called Just Enough Trope on Discord. So if cool. you know how to get on there, go for it. <laughs> I'll also try to leave a link. Uh, but if you want to join, we would love to have you in our Discord chat uh, and to catch up with you and find out what's going down. Uh, subscribe to the show in the meantime so you yes. can get it whenever it's ready. And give us a review and a rating because we want to hear how you think we're doing. Uh, most important is to give us that rating that gives us um, a high amount of one thing or another. So those computers that run everything, and I for one welcome them, know that we are doing <laughs> a good job. So give us five spider sandwiches. Ooh. You don't have to just... Sure, sometimes you're in a snacky mood and it's going to go for a handful, but... Treat yourself. Do you that think, tastes better on a plate. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> do you think that they did that to shat, to like for it to um, kind of correspond with like vermin eating people? Like I can't believe that we took this long to get to it, but it's all appropriation, right? Yeah. He's the great white hunter. Uh, He's gonna hunt better in Africa than any African ever has. Yeah. And part of that is this. You know, some generalized idea of I'll consume it, you know, to understand my prey. And this right. is what the shamans do. And that's what's going on, right? No, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's gross. Glad that guy shot himself. Yeah. Um, apparently, but, don't shoot yourself no, if you're listening to this. No, and apparently, no, no, no. Uh, Marvel did get people writing letters saying, like, you're glorifying suicide. Like, he looks so cool when he kills himself. And they're like, really? Well, we didn't mean to do that. Well, right. It, but that's my thing. I don't buy that he is psychologically broken, that he is. You've got one yeah. scene where he's having a ayahuasca dream or something like that. And he's, you know, climbing up a thing or somebody's yelling at him or something like that. But you don't feel that he is both. I did it. But he's also like, Ugh, like he's you don't feel those two levels. No, you don't. No. Well, and then I also wonder, like, if Vermin's just hungry, why doesn't he eat the rats that I he want can control? A thousand words for you about Vermin on my desk Monday morning, because <laughs> apparently you have more to say about Vermin. <laughs> but for our fans, uh, give us five stars, uh, and we would appreciate that. And that's it. We'll be back next week to talk about something else. And until then, we're signing off. I'm your host, Caliban. I'm your co-host, Mikan Keep the geek buyers burning. Yeah.